Can you believe it? It's the last day of the year. This is my special New Year's Eve bonus episode. I'm so excited because I have a special surprise, something I've been teasing for the last several weeks. It is now here. So thank you guys for joining me for this very special bonus episode. And for the last time this year, let's get into it. Welcome to Big Time Small Talk, stories and observations beyond small talk. I am your host, Jody Rollins, and this is my New Year's Eve bonus episode. I have been talking about this and talking about this. I've told you guys that I have a surprise. Well, first of all, I am doing this episode from my car on my phone because our schedule has been crazy this past week, so I couldn't do it from my home studio. But we are sitting in the car waiting to go into Texas Roadhouse. It's a three-hour wait, but we put our names on the list about an hour and a half ago, so for us it's only about 40 minutes, they told us, so yay. So it's me, um, and the surprise is in the car, as well as my daughter, who is might make some noise back there. But the surprise is my very special guest, the guest that I love more than any other guest, my husband, Jay Rollins. Hello, Jay. Hello, out from the shadows. <laughs> yes. Okay, so you guys know I have talked about my husband, and you, if you've been listening for a long time, you're a witness that I've never said anything negative about him. I just need you to know that. That's a completely different podcast. <laughs> yes, that's my underground, like... <laughs> special not heard by anybody like three people so only on the black web yes but all webs are black for me dear oh. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know a little history about us we actually met um through eHarmony in 2010 so we've got we've been married since 2013 what's it like to be married to me it is a joyful <laughs> roller coaster ride every day Every day, it's a roller coaster Every ride. Day. Every day, really? Sometimes it's a Disney kids roller coaster <laughs> ride, and some days it's a double loop coaster. <laughs> well, should I be offended by that? Probably not, because he's right. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so he is a white man. I am a black female. Um, let's just talk about that for a little bit, because I have tons of questions, and I get to put him on the spot. And people have asked me about him um, when I've heard from people that listen to this show. So he's kind of in the hot seat. But um, did you ever date outside of your race before you met me? No. <laughs> no. No, I know you. I did not. I, I uh, was definitely I didn't have a lot of opportunities growing up in New England. There wasn't there were no other uh, races uh, represented in the female population at my high school. Yeah, very um, white place there. Yeah. As I've told Jody, that there were s segments of the population, but they were like the Poles and the Finns and the the French and those kind of thing. It was all yeah, that Anglos. Was, that was your diversity. Yes. And so, <clears throat> what made you open your mind to someone of a different race? Because I know. 
when I first started doing online dating, a lot of, like, I was open. I've dated black, white, Latino, like, all, I, I, don't, I think that I had a crush on an Asian guy that did not give me a second look, but I was open. And whenever I would look at the profiles, a lot of times of white guys, they would say they wanted to date white women, Asian women, Latina women, and that was it. Like, they were like, you, black girl, no. So, and that was a common repeated experience why were you open to dating someone outside of your race and what what made that a thing for you well when i started uh, on eHarmony i started with my profile very narrow geographically and racially just because i didn't not out of exclusion but just because of doing something familiar and did not have a lot of success with there that's what i call my cat woman period when <laughs> i with all the people that were offered to me as options, all um, had cats in their profile pictures. Which, nothing wrong with cats. You like cats. I actually love cats more than dogs, but... I did not want to play second fiddle to a cat okay. in a relationship. So, yeah. so I was struggling a bit. And then I watched the strangest, like most random movie called Outsourced. And you can look it up. Um, not particularly an awesome movie. But uh, it is about someone who expands their horizons um, in a new environment and learns a different kind of joy through that. Mm -hmm. And it, for whatever reason, the right thing at the right moment, may, convinced me that I needed to open up my profile geographically and racially. So I clicked all the boxes. <coughs> I opened it up to like 500 mile radius. And Jody was one of the first... Uh, you were one of the first people that popped up. So you just went for the low-hanging fruit. No. Hi, Rowan. <laughs> no, because you, it was, you were one of the most amazing women I had seen on, on the website the whole time. And part of me was like, oh, no, she's way too good for you. And the Aww. other part of me said, no, you should try. What's the worst thing that could happen? Um, you know, shoot high. Aim high. Aim high. And it worked. By the way, you guys just heard Rowan in the background. She is uh, kind of woke up from her nap. But that's so nice. Thank you for the nice things that you just said. And so you, I mean, I've mentioned this before, you are a divorced man. And for me, that was definitely something that I really had to consider because it's a lot. It's a lot to date a divorced guy which I only really had dated one other divorce guy very briefly before you, and then a, a gentleman with kids. And so that was definitely something to consider as well. But um, as difficult as that is, I mean, I have five amazing stepkids, and here we are. I mean, how many years? We've been married for 12 years, together for 13. And, you know, it works. What's it like being married to me? Like, what do you think of... Um, what would you say is the best part and what is the most challenging? <laughs> um, the best part is um, you bring color to my life. And I think I said this in my marriage. No pun intended. Yes. Um, but like, it's like the difference between black, black and white and technicolor. Um, there's so much more uh, that I have experienced and felt and thought um, since we have been together and Aww. I wouldn't trade that for anything. And, um, the challenging stuff is <laughs> just, I am a person who had, who was raised in the Northeast and, uh, 
in a household where emotions were shunned and considered weakness. So you're a very emotional person. And I don't say that as a negative thing. That's mm-hmm. a positive thing. And so sometimes dealing with those emotions can be really challenging for me. Not because there's anything wrong with them, but because, um, as I've said to you many times, I have like a really old computer from the <laughs> 80s that's processing my emotions. And you have like a Cray, the supercomputer processing. I don't know what a Cray is, but that's It's kind of like a really advanced <laughs> supercomputer uh, yeah. processing your emotions. And sometimes that can lead to trouble. Yeah. Well, that's true. I mean, I, I definitely agree with you about that. Um, so I think being the emotional or, uh, more creative, free spirited person that I am, when we had been married for about six months, I applied to go on to big brother. And I remember when I told you about it, I said, I'm going to get on that show. Like I just knew it. I didn't know how I knew it. I had applied before, never felt that before. I just knew I was going to end up on that show. Did not have any sense that I would right quick make a U-turn and get out of that house. But what did you think when I told you I was going on a reality show or that I would even get on something that you don't watch, you're not interested in reality? What were your thoughts before I even got on? Well, for the record, I am interested in reality. <laughs> I'm just not re- interested in reality television. Yes, but yes. what I thought was, I was honestly... Um, so happy for you that you had achieved something that you um, had obviously sought after for a very long time. I was really happy for you. And other than that, I was a little sad because I knew you were going to be gone. And I was concerned for your welfare because I knew that this was not, this is not a game of checkers, that there's emotions and manipulation and stuff involved. Yeah, that's definitely true. Here, can you hold this? I'm going to get my daughter some water. Yeah, and... um, Oh, you have water. Joining that show, I mean, it was... Talk about emotional. Getting kicked off, which was humiliating and and just heartbreaking. When you, you know, you sat... I don't know. Who who did you watch that episode with? Do you remember? Were you by yourself? Did you have any of the kids with you? Were they at your, your ex's house? I don't... I honestly don't remember. I... Honestly, don't remember. You probably blocked it out. <laughs> I should block out Big Brother. But at some point, you knew that my time there in that house was over and that I'd got kicked off after the first I episode. I think it was when I got, because it was before it aired, I got a really odd call from the producer. Do you remember that? No, I don't remember. They this. were, um, we afterwards, we kind of suspected that they were kind of checking in with me to see if I was going to be a problem. Like if I was going to have a negative reaction, go to the press or something. Cause they kind of checked in with me and, and I don't remember the exact things they said, but I remember the phone call being really weird and uh, I didn't necessarily was know that before I got kicked off. Well, you had been kicked off, but it had, the show had not aired. Oh. So they, they called and they like checked in with me. And that's that's what I remember. I can't remember the details of the conversation, but it was... What's the name of the producer? Uh, Sean V. Law, is that one? It was the, the woman. Is that... Okay, we got cut off because I got a phone call when I was doing the show from my phone. And now 
here we are. You may have to adjust your volume because I'm back at my podcasting studio with my adorable husband. Hey, good morning, everyone. Happy New Year. Yes, almost Happy New Year. It is New Year's Eve, and we had started taping the show yesterday or the day before. Like, all the days are running together, and so we got cut off. So the last thing we were talking about was Big Brother, and you had said they kind of gave you this call Really and truly what they were doing was checking to see if you were so angry that you're going to be like, my wife got screwed over. I'm going to go to the press and like spoil the surprise because like you said, it hadn't been released yet. So did you get that sense? Yeah. I mean, I didn't understand it at the time because I didn't understand that dynamic, but I definitely remember feeling like it was an odd phone call. Like yeah. it was a, we care about you um, in a one dimensional way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, being on reality TV is definitely sort of a one-dimensional thing in many in many ways. So, moving on from from Big Brother because I only have you for about another 10 minutes or so. Do you listen to podcasts? I do. Uh mostly what Jody would call nerdy podcasts, so um <laughs> I have kind of a technical nerdy hobby. And I listen to podcasts in that realm or um, deep dives into technical, like TED Talks kind of thing. Yeah, computer stuff. Right. Yeah, all of that stuff that I would <laughs> never listen to. But then also you wouldn't, you probably wouldn't listen to um, the podcasts that I listen to. They probably would give me anxiety. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. So as we enter into 2024, which is tomorrow... How do you feel about New Year's resolutions? Is that something you've ever done, believed in, started, tried? Um, I feel that I'm too double-minded about them. On one side, I think they're ridiculous and uh -huh. people fail at them all the time and it's a false, setting false expectations for yourself. But on the other side, I think it is really good to strive to improve yourself and I am just as willing as anyone else to give it a try but i know enough about human behavior and about my own sensibilities to know what constitutes success and failure how do i success, set myself up for success on something like working out or uh -huh. or reading more frequently or something like that it's about discipline and um, i've always heard that it's the rule of 13 if you can do it 13 times in a row, then it becomes the standard, becomes the habit, and then you have to break it in order to go away from it. So that's always my goal is to get the frequency up. Yeah. Well, I know, I think for me, I had tried the New Year's resolution thing, like everybody over the years, and you do a little bit of it. And then by January, you know, 8th or 9th, <laughs> it's over, whether it is like working out, or I'm going to eat this way, or I'm going to read more books, or I'm going to do more this or that. So I know for me personally, I just don't do it anymore, because I'm in a position where all of my life is a constant New Year's resolution. I am regularly trying to be a better person, regularly trying to improve and work on myself. I mean, for those of you who have listened for a long time, you know, like that's something I do, whether it's in therapy or learning different techniques or whatever the thing is, I am in constant, you know, improvement 
position. I don't know if that's a good thing <laughs> to always be like, you know, not in the right position, but I don't know. Well, but this is like the national holiday for self-improvement, right? Because <laughs> it's, it is the time when yeah. it is the in thing to set goals for yourself, probably unachievable goals and mm. move forward. So the, it, the same way that you can give gifts anytime during the year, but yes. everybody celebrates it at Christmas time. Yeah. Um, I think that this is the national holiday for self-improvement. Yes. And everybody does give gifts all, you know, all year long here and there, but hyper focuses, whether it's Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever this time of year. And I think I like the rejuvenation feeling like it's a fresh start, a fresh slate. Like it's the beginning of something in my head. I sort of envision the calendar January as the top and December as the bottom. And like, I'm starting at the top. The world is my oyster. What am I going to do next? Which is a little difficult because January is such a wah wah kind of month, in my opinion. Like if you live in a cold place, sometimes it's dreary and cold and dark but even here, I live in California and it's darker, obviously, because of daylight savings time, which I'm not a fan of. But it's sort of like, okay, I can start all these things in a month that is kind of a blah month for me personally. And obviously not everybody feels that way. But when I think of the different months, like same with February and March, I don't, it's not a big fun time for me. I like summer months and when fall comes and when winter arrives. So when it's just January and you're like the dog days of winter are here, it's just kind of, eh. so in some ways it's good because it gives me time to focus on whatever it is I'm trying to focus on changes that need to be made. But in some ways it's just blah. Do you, do you see January as a blah month? Cause I know we're opposites in many things. Well, certainly. Um, I always considered like more February, the low point growing up yeah. in, um, New England in the northern hemispheres there and but th I think there's a reason why there's so many kind of rejuvenation holidays in December around the winter solstice because yeah. my understanding is that even the pagans recognized that hey the days are starting to get longer again it's like a new beginning it's we're going back yeah. to coming back to life and so that's why there's so many holidays in the wintertime focused around the winter solstice because even the Christians kind of moved their um, calendars to align because it makes so much sense. And, and even the Christian message makes a lot more sense when it's focused around rejuvenation and rebirth. Well, I, that's true. Sometimes when they announce on the news or wherever I see online and it says, oh, you know, it's the winter solstice, the shortest day of the year. There's a, a part of me that goes, Phew, I made it because I hate daylight savings. I hate that it gets so dark so early. I am, as I've said to you guys that Jay has said to me, I am solar powered. And I love that. That's a cute thing to say, but it's really true. And I, I just, I feel like happier on brighter, sunny days. I live in California where the sun almost always shines. And a lot of people who aren't so solar powered say things like, well, I get sick of it or it's old. Like I wish it would rain. I don't ever wish it would rain. Like, yes, it's dry sometimes. And there are days when I'm not going to go outside that I'll think, well, if it rained today, I'm okay with it. And that is something that I am concerned about moving to the East Coast. I was born on the East Coast. I lived on the East Coast as an adult and the rain bothered me 
But now that I've lived in a place that I found weather that's even more stifling than rain, which is desert heat. We live in this extreme climate where in the summertime, on average, the temperature is anywhere from 113 to 120. And that's just too hot. You can't play outside with your kid. You can't go for a run or just plan a picnic, nothing. And it's so stifling that it makes you appreciate rain, which is something I never thought I would do because I can still go outside in the rain. My daughter likes to splash, our daughter likes to splash in the puddles and put on her raincoat. And if it's not, you know, dreadfully cold or I'm risking life and limb because there's going to be thunder and lightning, I can still go outside. So knowing that I made it through the dark days of the year, the longest dark day, I mean, we still have some more to go definitely makes me feel like. <sighs> so before you have to go here, I want to ask you, how do you feel about being this age? And I bring it up because a lot of my listeners, I look at the stats and stuff, are younger. They're in their 20s and they're in a totally different phase of their life. And it's funny to make fun of us. And sometimes they'll say, okay, boomer to us. We're not boomers. We are Gen X. But it's funny to make fun of people who are quote unquote old or washed up or have been or whatever. How do you feel about being this age? Well, I think like a lot of people that I've seen, because I've I watch videos occasionally on YouTube about asking people the same question, even older people. And I don't feel my age. I feel like I'm in my late thirties, maybe. Yeah, me um, too. When I and I've occasionally have run into a I'm slightly over 50 handicap that I can't ignore anymore uh-huh. or walk by the mirror and go, Hey, who's that old guy? <laughs> um, but, um, I'm, I'm okay with that. I, I feel good about how good I feel compared to how my parents looked at this age, yeah. and especially my grandparents <laughs> who looked ancient at this yeah. age. Um, yeah. But that was the age when, you know, they didn't exercise and everybody smoked and, you know, it was, it was a totally different. Sunscreen wasn't a thing. Right. Since as as most of you know, my husband is of the Caucasian persuasion. So your skin in general, not always tends to age in a different way. So that's something too. But I do have some Mediterranean um, colorings in in my family. My dad (laughs) was a redhead so very fair skin but my uncles were all very dark and i get dark as i um am exposed to the sun yeah we have a famous picture in our family where we always laugh where we are about the same color one summer that was before he really wore sunscreen a lot now because his job requires him to be outside but he i mean it's sad because he looked really good. I loved it. Like he had a golden brown glow, like the golden brown that most people that are white, well, some people who are white aspire to. So, um, yeah. Well, one piece of advice that you would give to somebody who's young before you have to go about aging. Yeah. Don't wait to do things. Yeah. Um, you know, don't wait to have children. I mean, obviously you don't want to marry the wrong person, but, um, putting it off and saying, I'm, going to do something way in that's really important to me way in the future is in my in my experience an unwise decision do it as soon as you're able and sometimes even slightly before you you think you're able do it do that road trip um you know if you're in a 
consistent relationship and you think you're going to have children, do it now while you're young and energetic because <laughs> it won't always be that way. So yeah. that's, I, I seize the day, I guess seize is, the day. is carpe diem. Carpe diem. All right. Well, I love you. Thank you love so you. much for doing this. Mwah. Happy new year, everyone. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Jay Rollins, the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> I don't know if he's a, he's a legend in my heart. He's laughing and waving his arms in the air. He's a legend in my heart. Thank you so much. I'm so excited that I got to have him on. I'm, I'm a little bummed that he has to go. He does, and I'll try to explain this the, the best way that I, he's laughing that I possibly can, and I've sort of touched on it in the past. He does almost the opposite of something that's the same as podcasting, if that doesn't make any sense. It shouldn't. He does what's called amateur radio. And the nickname for it is ham radio. And there's a whole reason why that I won't get into. But it's a hobby where a bunch of nerds and geeks, and he admits, as you heard, he's a nerd. Um, they build these systems. So it looks like a little walkie talkie or something, a police radio, like a handheld walkie talkie. But it's actually this really high tech piece of apparatus. And there's all kinds of these handheld radios and then there's like desktop versions and you like hook up different equipment to them and you build different things and then there's all these clubs that get together and organizations and compare and it's this they call it like the hobby of a thousand hobbies because it's the building part of it the same way some people who are in car clubs like build cars but then it's also the looks and the decor of things like why well, put this together the same way that some people are like hey check out my car I added this fender or this wing or this thing they have all this technical stuff but then also it's a way to communicate that doesn't require a cell phone a landline um DS DSL. I got cut off again. Boy, technology. So he is part of this hobby that also helps with emergency communication because whenever, if say for example, God forbid, we're in California, there's a horrible earthquake, everything's knocked out. Cell towers, landlines, just nothing technology-wise works. Well, these amateur radio radios, ham radios, work without all of that stuff. They are freestanding on their own communication. So some of them can reach across, you know, cities and states. Some can reach across the country. And some technology that he's actually put together can go to other countries. So he does a lot of emergency things as a volunteer, exercises with the emergency management offices of this particular county in San Diego County. So it's like a way to help people and it's kind of like a club where a bunch of geeks and nerds get together and talk about the equipment. Kind of like a car club, but it's technology or a computer club. So that's where he had to run off. He has these two shows that he, do, he does um, uh, every week. And it's just about connecting with everybody that's part of the club. It's hard to explain, but that's where he went. So if you know ham radio, hey, but if you haven't heard of it, now you know. Okay. So it's the end of the year. It is the end of 2023. Thank you guys, first of all, for clicking and listening. If it's actually New Year's Eve, if it's not, and you're listening whenever, thanks for that too. But I want to just kind of really take a moment 
and look back over this year personally and share some stories with you guys and share some stuff that I'm really excited about as well. So when we come back from the break, we're going to look back at 2023 and let's look back at your year as well. And then what I'm looking forward to and what you are looking forward to. So stay with me. I'll be right back. Welcome back. So it is the end of the year. And as I, you kind of take a look at that. And I don't know about you, but I'm a very introspective person. Do you do that? Do you look back over your lifetime, especially at the end of the year? Some people are like, why bother? Like, it's just another day. Like, okay, today's, what is today? Monday, Tuesday, a Sunday? I don't even know anymore. But it's just a Sunday and tomorrow's Monday. What's the big deal? But I like the sort of formality of it all. I like looking back. I like thinking about, okay, this is like my life encapsulated in this one 365-day period. Do you look back on that? Like I think back to what I was doing in January and how I was going through whatever I was going through or not, um, or the rest of the spring or I remember the summer, I took several trips this summer to New Hampshire, to Alaska, like just really seeing different parts of this country and taking Rowan with me and having her experience that and spending time with my stepkids and my husband and, you know, going through all sorts of stuff. And it's been a long year. It's been a difficult year. I can't say it's been more difficult than others or less difficult, maybe more than some, but less than others but I've survived. And I think that's an important thing for all of us to really remember. Whatever you've been through in all of your life, you survived. You made it through all of it. All of the harsh things that people have said to you, the difficult things, things that you got rejected for or didn't get, or things you wanted or tried to go do but couldn't do or couldn't make happen, or like the episode I did about heartbreak, maybe you had your heart broken and you're still alive and ready to tell the tale. Maybe you're not ready, but you survived. And that's what I like to think about with regard to my life. This year had some really, really difficult moments. I mean, there was a time, even a few episodes back, I talked about it, I I thought about ending this show. And I'm so glad that I didn't because I love this. But sometimes you just have to go through stuff and come out on the other side if it's gonna be better. It has to be hard. It has to be painful. It sucks. But when you get the lesson that you learned, like people always like to say, everything happens for a reason. I actually don't like that saying. I tend to say to myself, you know what? Difficult things happen. And if I'm lucky, I will find a little nugget or a little kernel or something about that difficult lesson or that pain that's a positive. I will either learn something, know something, experience something, change something, whatever it is, something that's painful that I went through can also have a gift. I did a whole episode about it, about going through 
my stepson's cancer, as awful as that was, there were gifts in that experience. Would I choose it to go through for him again? No, I would never want him to have cancer. But in everything difficult or ugly or painful in our lives, there is a positive thing or more than one positive thing. You just have to look for it. And that's how I see 2023, some of the stuff I went through. And now I want to look forward to 2024. I'm so excited. I mean, just to begin with, you guys know, I've talked about it. I am so ready to leave the desert. I live in the desert of Southern California, close to the border of Arizona. It's not my place. I love the outdoors and knowing how terrible it is, as I said earlier in this episode and many others, when it's 115 to 120 in part of June and July and August and September and part of October, it's too much. It's too much. I love the outdoors. And so this has never been my place for many other reasons as well. Some people love it here. They have family here. It's close to the Mexican border. They can come and go and see family on the other side of the border. You can get really good, authentic Mexican food by just driving across the border. You can even get really good Chinese food, which is crazy, but you can. So there are people who love it here. Farmers, this is an agricultural valley. Agriculture has been very good to my family. My husband runs an agriculture business. It feeds us. Some people, their family, they've been farmers for generations and they love this place. It's just not my place. So when I think about 2024, I'm beyond excited because we are leaving. We are moving to New Hampshire. I've talked about this for the last like three years and it's finally happening. I just have to make it through the next few months. We're actually going to go to New Hampshire in March and kind of figure out some more details of what we're doing. But I'm excited because I'm going to document all of this for my YouTube channel. I've been doing the short videos and I'm going to do the long form videos as well. I'm not exactly sure when I'm going to start doing those, but I have a lot. I'm going to document the whole process. I mean, we are selling our 2000 square foot home and we're going to move into an RV for about a year or maybe a little bit more, which some people would be like, what? I'd never do that. But there's thousands of videos on YouTube about van life and RV life, and we are going to do it. We're going to set sail on this adventure, and I'm so excited about it. You know, like being able to say, all right, people care or are interested in this kind of thing. This is what it's like to pare down an entire 2,000 square foot home, get rid of, donate, sell, give away, throw away, whatever it is, all of the stuff that we don't want, the stuff that we need and want, we will ship to New Hampshire, the rest we'll put in the RV, and I'm going to document it. And then we're going to set sail, figuratively, it's obviously on wheels, across this beautiful country of ours, and see different states in different places. And I'm going to make video about it. I love making videos and taking pictures and the editing process. This is the stuff that I look forward to for 2024. And then when we get to New Hampshire, we have a beautiful property we're moving to and we're going to build our dream home. So from start to finish, you guys get to go on this journey with me, tearing down trees. Like some of it, I'm going to cut down trees and like 
clear the property. I'm not going to do all of it, of course. We're going to have a garden where we grow vegetables and flowers. We're going to have flowers and trees and we'll get to plan the landscaping and what kind of house we build, we don't know. When we build it, we don't know, but we know we're going to. And so I love the idea of sharing and building a community because once you do that on YouTube, other people come out of the woodwork and they're like, wow, thank you for sharing. This is really interesting. I've wanted to do van life or RV life or what is it like to live in RV? What is it like to build you know, a house or have a property where you have land and you've got to decide things like where's the driveway going? Which way should the house face? Like all of that stuff I'm beyond excited about. And I get to share that with you because some of it's going to be difficult. Some of it's going to be hard. Living in an RV, there are things about it that I'm going to be like, oh, I didn't know that that would suck that badly. And some things are exciting. It is an adventure just just be able to pick up and leave and go on vacation and take your house with you and the whole process. So that is what I'm looking forward to in 20, 2024. All of that adventure, excitement, change, new beginnings, new chapters. That's true for all of our lives. There's always going to be new things, new opportunities, new possibilities. What are you looking forward to? Study after study has shown that if we look forward to things, if we daydream, if we sometimes just close our eyes and we envision our lives with the things that we want, that we are looking forward to, that we want to experience, that that's good for like our serotonin. It's good for our soul and our spirit and for making those things happen. So whether it's about changing jobs or going to a new school or starting a job or starting your own business or starting your own podcast or YouTube channel or documenting things, taking tap dancing lessons or horseback riding lessons, like my husband said, don't wait. With, with regard to kids, some of you are in your 20s and 30s. Sometimes you feel like, oh my God, how am I going to do this? How am I going to be a parent? How is it going to work? I felt that too. You figure it out. Obviously, if you have zero money and you're living, you know, in a, a, a box and you don't have room for a kid, that's a different story. And I mean a metaphorical box. But life is challenging. And if you have the chance to daydream, to take a risk, to consider things in a different way, to think outside of that proverbial goddamn box. Do it. Do it. Even if it's something as small as changing your hair color that you've wanted to change. You've always wanted to be a brunette and you've been a blonde or vice versa. You've always wanted to get that tattoo. You've always wanted to whatever, learn how to go snow skiing or water skiing or swim. Maybe you never learned how to swim or you never got that high school diploma or that college degree. Life is short, folks. We talked about the fact that we're older. I'm probably older than most of you listening right now. It goes by so fast. And there are people listening who are much older than me who would agree with me. I'm trying to just drink it all in. It's the end of the year. What's 2024 gonna bring for you? Don't forget to daydream. 
don't forget to put on that magical thinking. It's easy to just be like, well, that's never going to happen. I just need to be in reality. I'm a realist. No way. And you can be sort of pessimistic. Well, I've never done that. So why would I? How could I? There's no way to do that. That's not going to happen. Who would do that? No one's going to buy it. No one's going to My family going to think I'm not. Like all of that negative crap. You just don't need. You just don't. So sign up for that cooking class. Sign up for lessons on how to teach yoga. Whatever the thing is, take an acting lesson. If you're a Big Brother fan, I can't tell you how many people still write me and they say, I love Big Brother. I want to be on that show, but I don't think they'd ever pick me. Well, they won't if you don't apply. Put together a resume for something, whatever the thing is. This is your chance. And if you don't get it, at least it won't be because you didn't try. It's because it didn't work out or the answer is not right now. Or maybe you should be doing something different or something better is waiting for you. This is the last day of the year. You can really sort of wash your hands of anything negative and just look forward to a brighter future. Bad stuff is going to happen. That's just life. Without the bad, we would not recognize the good. Without the suffering, we would not recognize the joy. Without the trials and the tribulations, we would not recognize the beauty and the gifts and the blessings If you're not religious, then the luck of the good that happens. So be excited about 2024. It's so easy to be like, oh, it's just another year. Anything is possible. Anything. So go for it. Go for it. I don't know if six months from now we're like, this RV thing is for the birds and it can't work because of this, or our finances change, or something happens with someone's health or a family member or something. I don't know. But you can figure that stuff out when it happens. You always will. I know that I do. All of us, we figure out what we need to figure out and we come through whatever we have to go through and we keep going. So why not daydream? Why not try the new things? Why not? I had a friend of mine say, oh, an RV. Ooh, I mean, isn't that going to be hard? Like, why would you like all the negative stuff? Like she didn't mean to, but that's how she sees her life. Oh, you're going to put all that stuff on on YouTube? Isn't that like personal? And aren't people going to judge? Yes, they judge. And people on YouTube or any, as, as you guys know, social media, it's a higher likelihood that they're going to say negative things. They're going to crap talk the RV we choose. They're going to say, I don't do this right. They I don't do that right. Why did you do this? They question things. They make fun of something that you've done. But I can worry about that. Or I can just do what I'm passionate about. I love documentaries. I love the art form of documentaries. This is my opportunity to make them. 
I love storytelling. I do that on this show every single episode. And this is my opportunity to continue to tell stories. I love photography, videography. I love editing. It's all of my favorite hobbies wrapped up in one, the outdoors, nature. It's a gift. If I'm really lucky, which I hope I am, I'll be able to make money from this. But even if I don't, I'll get to do something I really enjoy. And I don't worry about the negativity. Negativity, if I can speak. And neither should you. Don't worry about the fears. Just do you, boo, as they say. Do you. And if doing you means, wow, I need to relax more. I need better me time. I want to just go to the spa. I want to get my nails done. I want to go to the chiropractor. I want to make sure I actually go to the doctor because I haven't been, because I haven't been sick. I want to take care of myself. Maybe you're of that age where you're getting your first mammogram. Maybe you want to make sure you get your eyes checked. You want to get contact lenses. You want to get glasses. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Just don't wait. 2024 is a gift. 2024 is a gift. They always do those things at the end of the year of all the celebrities that we lost. Think about all the people who aren't going to be here anymore. It's just it for them. They're, it's over. Matthew Perry from Friends, beloved actor Matthew Perry. I listened to his audiobook. I feel like he was my friend. No pun intended. But it was an amazing book. Read it. I recommend it. Listen to it, whichever you prefer. But he went through hell to get sober. Hell, like almost died, destroyed his body in many ways, and he was finally sober. He wanted to get married and have children. And instead, he died of a drug overdose of GHB. He never got that spouse that he wanted. He never got to have kids. He was at the upper echelon, the highest of the high, made the most money, had the most watched movie and the most watched TV show at the same time. And it wasn't enough because life doesn't work that way. And now he's not here and doesn't get to experience 2024. So many people, young and old, Tina Turner, famed actress, singer, gone. May they all rest in peace. But we are here and we get to keep going. So as I end this show, I just really want to take a, a sincere moment to say thank you guys. This is Jody from the present talking about Jody from the past. Jody from the past in 2019 didn't have a podcast. There was no COVID. I didn't know what I was going to do if I was going to have a podcast or not. For years, people told me to have a podcast. I had an online radio show right after Big Brother that was live, which was really cool. But I didn't only want to talk about Big Brother and reality TV, which is what people wanted me to talk about, which is great and it's fun and I do that here sometimes, but I wanted to tell stories and talk about self-help and build a community and really share and hear from you guys too. But I was afraid. I didn't wanna do it. So in 2017, when someone mentioned it, didn't do it. In 2018, when multiple people mentioned it, didn't do it. In 2019, didn't do it. But in 2020, I did it. 
And I'm so glad that I did because I'm here today right now talking to all of you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for every click that you have clicked. Thank you for every time you've put up with the fact that I've had technical issues and the sound was off and clips were missing. This is way back and all the stuff that we've gone through together. Thank you for the times when you expected a show and I didn't provide one, but you still hung on. Thank you for putting up with my promos on Instagram if you watch them on my Insta stories. Thank you for taking a chance on some chick that was on a reality show. Thank you if you don't even have any idea who I was on a reality show or in real life and you just found me some kind of way and you listen. Thank you. Thank you for every single time you listened to an ad and subscribed to my YouTube channel, followed me on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, which I don't use as much, but anywhere. Thank you for those of you who are going to listen to this and will subscribe to my Patreon. Thank you for those of you who pay subscriptions in the past to this show and currently. Thank you for everyone who lives all over the world who's tuning into some chick from the United States in Southern California that you don't even know. Thank you. Thank you for coming with me on this ride and being prepared to take the ride as I produce videos for Spotify of this show and then slide into documenting my move and travels and all of that stuff I just described on my YouTube channel. We'll see how much of all of that I can do, but thank you for coming on the ride with me. Thank you to those of you who have written me on Instagram and said, your show meant something to me. Those of you who have sent me voice messages, that really affected me. Thank you. That's what you said to me. Thank you. It is my honor and my pleasure to be here to talk to you. I am truly grateful for every single one of you, whether I know you in real life or I don't. Happy frickin' New Year, folks. Bring on 2024. Let's make it one of the best years ever. Whether it's easy or difficult or everything in between and a little bit of both, we will survive it all. We will make it through the difficult stuff. We always have and we always will. Happy New Year. Happy 2024. You got this. That's what I think anyway. That's my story. And for the last time in 2023, I'm sticking with it.